Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Previously on Chaotic Normal. The crew delved further into the Merfolk city before reaching the Temple of the Kraken. There they encountered Yalawagwa, the Kraken priestess and shepherd of the Great One. There, Bear made a deal to kill one of two already promised to the Kraken, one of which being Goldir, captain of the Nasher and already an enemy. The crew then decided to follow the trail of Goldir, one of two routes which led by a grove of mangrove trees which is said to be fatal to anyone that enters. So of course the crew chose to sail that direction. We now find the crew looking for more information about these mangrove trees and how fatal they might truly be. Let us see what other trouble they can get into in Chaotic Normal. The Shattered Isles. tonight begins with uh, the Melora's Borealis is moving south through the water. Um, you've kept your distance from the uh, Farvale Islands in order to uh, really benefit from the um, really benefit from the open air winds. There's no proper channel or good flow of water out here, so it's you're just most or there's no current that you can follow. It's mostly just open winds that lead you south towards the doldrums. However, uh, Eagle Eye has been up in the uh, uh, crow's nest calling out Land Ho every time the Farville Islands come in sight. Um, and it sh- you know it should be, or and you've just recently given the order to turn towards the islands in order to make for Tembril Island and find Camp Vengeance. You know, you should be uh, within good sight of the harbor that Camp Vengeance is located in uh, within the next half hour or so. So you have a short time on deck to make preparations and, uh, you know, ready your spells and get yourself ready for the adventuring day. Oh, it has been uh, like a day or so since you uh, went into the ruins of Warthal Keel beneath the waves. Um, so you are fully long rested and uh, basically just get the benefits of your long rest and any preparations you need to make. Uh, Rubert's looking for like a, a nice scarf or something to wrap around the kelp necklace that's just kind of like wrapped around his neck right now. Uh, looking for something inconspicuous to put on to not scare people. Yeah, and at this point, recall, the crew already had pretty shaky uh, morale, and it's only gotten much, much worse now that uh, Rubert is 
wearing this kelp ring, oh, this kelp necklace. Uh, recall that kelp is seen as an aberrant thing here in the Shattered Isles. It's not natural, and it's a sign that a person, or it's a sign of the deep whenever you see it. Um, so the crew is very on edge. Uh, bad day might be enough to make them mutiny. Um, <laughs> but uh, Rubert, there, you know, it's, there aren't any scarves because it's uh, the tropics. Um, but you are able to uh, fashion something out of like loose fabric and cloth if you'd like. Does anyone here have any skill at tailoring tools? No, but um, I have this dish towel and it's only slightly used that you can have. No, I think that might be worse than just wearing a kelp necklace. Thank you, though, Zelner. You're, you're thinking on your uh, claws. Why don't you. Uh... No problem. Go through the clothes pile. Remember I brought all those clothes on board? They're still over there. No one moved them. No, I think that's all the old dirty clothes that they exchanged for the new clothes you bought. I'm not wearing the old used rags they used to wear. Oh, whatever. Yeah, so you you find that there isn't much in the, you know, there's no like scarves proper, but if anyone on board knows uh, Taylor's tools, uh, you can get them to make it. It doesn't sound like any of your officers know how to tailor anything um but you do have a few crew members that know how so if you're willing to ask the crew to help you hide your uh kelp necklace um you can get their assistance i'll uh, send word out amongst the crew saying we're looking for somebody who can tailor and uh maybe not tell them exactly why up front. why don't we tell them we're like making a flag we'll get them in with the flag I mean, we could use a new flag, too, while we're at it. That's a great point, yeah. <laughs> and then to distract the crew and give them something to focus on, I also tell them to start brainstorming cool flag ideas. What's the symbol right. of Melora? It's, a, it's not a moon, is it? It's a conch shell. Ooh. Can we make, like, a green floaty, or a green, like, shimmery conch, conch shell? Conch shell? For, like, the Aurora Borealis? Ooh, I really like that. Is it piratey enough, though? How about a skull in there? A skull <laughs> somewhere in the shell. Or popping out like it lives in the shell. Yeah, let's make like an octopus coming out of it or something. No, something let's cool. stay away from the octopus uh, <laughs> for a bit. Should we be doing this on kelp? You know, I, I agree with Jules. We should ask the crew what they want so they feel heard. Good idea. Yeah, let's see what they want. Yeah, let's see if we can, uh, Graham, if we could get about 15 uh, unique flag ideas from the crew just like <laughs> right now. That would be great. And then we'll yeah. vote on our favorite ones. <laughs> just a few rounds of voting to narrow it down. And uh, this is the next six episodes. Uh, <laughs> the, the crew will not propose any. Oh. Um. <laughs> So you do find that there is uh, one, uh, or there's probably several, but one competent tailor who uh, comes to your attention is a deckhand. Uh, she is a human woman out of Port Providence uh, who goes by the name of Samson. Uh, the name is pretty fitting as she is quite strong. And it, you'd be, you're, as you see her, your immediate thought is there's no way she has a high dexterity to be able to use a needle and thread, but she does have a high dexterity and strength. 
So you realize she must be dumb or something because you can't be good at multiple things. Um, <laughs> Just ask your old bard. <clears throat> but even then, you still have a, uh, a standard array. And um, so uh, you you do find a tailor uh, or someone able to tailor. I will need a persuasion check if you can convince her to uh, assist in this act or if she finds it weird and uh, unsettling. Uh, can I cast guidance on myself? Sure. And then persuade. Ooh. Twenty-two plus three, twenty-five. Uh, you do easily persuade her. Uh, you know, it's a lot of the flag enticements where it's like, oh, yeah, if you just make the scarf, like you'll totally have like head design on the flag, and uh, that really works for her. Um, Samson is eager to make the scarf, and uh, you now find yourself the bearer of a scarf. Uh, and no crew started a mutiny over a scarf, so we're good. Um, is there any other preparations anyone's trying to make now that Rubert has hidden his kelp necklace? I'm ready to rock. Um, I think I'm okay. Um, I'm offering counseling hours for any crew members who are in a particularly high distress um, maybe I'll give one of our sending stones, our sending conches to Amory. Hey, buddy, um, you know, just give me a call if everything's going to plan on the ship. Uh, keep an eye out. Um, I also, if te- if the tensions are too high, I water down the grog a little bit because I don't want them to get too rowdy. Ooh, that's dangerous if they find out. <laughs> it is. Like, it's it's dangerous territory. <laughs> it's okay. not by much. I imagine and, you're using seawater, too. Yeah, I was going to say, when you say water it down, <laughs> oh. we know Zelda would use seawater. I thought you meant, like, extra orange juice. Gotta use something else in there, then. Ooh, I like that, though. It's like a shandy, and you just put a little extra orange <laughs> juice in it. Gotta get on that uh, citrus somehow to avoid the scurvy. There we go. Yeah, that's a good idea. I do kind of want to go to the brig and talk to... Um, Your brig is full to bursting. Yeah, because Cyclop is down there. Um, You currently have in there, you have Langhorn Devil's Grin Frederick, the sadistic torture murderer. You have uh, the Sparrow, Cuthbert, uh, the tall and athletic, silky chocolate-skinned Monmaji man with bald head and deep hazel eyes. Uh, he was said to be a fence that could procure anything and had powerful connections. Uh, you did not want to... You knew that he had a uh, bounty worth 85 gold pieces, but he said his friends would pay 100 gold pieces, but you felt very uncomfortable about him and didn't want him uh, off the ship until you knew what to do with him. So he's been in the brig for like a week. Mm-hmm. With Cyclop, Langhorn, and... Uh, yeah. yeah, ironically, we're imprisoning this man due to our moral uh, avoidance of his slaving ways. Yeah. Uh, so who, which of the three is it you're hoping to speak with? I think Cyclop. We have kind of a rapport. <laughs> All right. Uh, you go to... <laughs> we have a great back and forth. <laughs> Um, How would you call it? You find Cyclop, uh, you know, in the brig, and she looks pretty miserable. She's been in here for almost a month now, um, or a couple weeks, I guess. And uh, you know, it's not a it's not a good brig. Uh, it's meant to only be like temporary prison or like punishment or you know, like a sailor's acting out of order. 
Um, and from her space in like the corner, you see her look up and with her one eye, she's angry staring at you. Meanwhile, it is only a one-room brig, so uh, the other two are kind of looking on, and you see that the uh, you see that uh, uh, that the sparrow looks like well coiffed and clean somehow. You know, not perfect, and he's not like immaculate, but he looks to be in great condition. In fact, you realize he's wearing a different shirt than when you put him in there. Uh, he smiles and uh, like a welcoming smile, and despite you coming to speak with. Uh, Cyclop, uh, the sparrow speaks out and says, Greetings to you, Captain. Good morning. Good morning. Now, I couldn't help but uh, hear from the crew. Uh, we're going to Camp Vengeance? Is that what I've heard? Yes, I was actually coming down here to ask if any of you knew anything about this place and of uh, the Azure Stand in general. Uh, Cyclop kind of like spits at the wall and says... The only thing you'll ever get from me, Captain, is a knife to the back. Uh, and uh, Langhorn Devil's Grin kind of smiles and he says, I'd like to see that happen. But I know a thing or two about the uh, about the Farvale Islands. Why don't you let me out and I'll uh, tell you everything I know. How about you tell me everything you know and if the information is good, I'll let you out. <laughs> Intimidate. Or persuasion. Uh, deception? Deception. <laughs> so neither. Uh, 19. I need to grab my dice. Takes this craft very seriously, everyone. I mean, some of us like rolling physical dice. It's that thing the Unabomber was, you know, technology hating. I don't know. Was dice. he Cameron? I feel attacked for knowing a lot about the Unabomber and not liking <laughs> dice. Uh, you got 19? Yes. Uh, he kind of stammers out something and says, Okay, fine, uh, the Azure Stand, it's, it's dangerous, it's bad, and you really quickly realize that he's just sharing the common stories that you've already shared on deck, um, and most of the crew know. Cyclop continues to not give any information, but uh, the Sparrow, once he sees an opportunity, uh, kind of cuts in and says, I actually don't know anything about the Azure Stand either, but Camp Vengeance. I have a contact at Camp Vengeance. If that's where you are indeed trying to make harbor, I can ensure this goes safely for you. Pirates aren't welcome in the Empire. He gives a knowing look at you. Uh, can I do an insight on that? Yeah, go ahead. Ooh, that's going to be 14 plus 4, 18. Um, you can tell that the way he said pirates, he was trying to put that title on you. It dawns on you that you've actually not all done any acts of piracy at all. You've only hunted pirates. You guys are loyal imperial servants. God, we suck at pirating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rubert likes being called a pirate, though. So, But you can tell he's putting that title on you. Uh, mm. And so the you know he's he's not lying, but he's saying it's true. Yeah, the pirates are frowned on by the empire, but that doesn't mean that you'd frown on you. Oh, oh, I think I get it. So you you have friends at Fort Vengeance. What type of friends? Those willing to buy you off of us, perhaps? 
I know a priest, uh, one of their uh, Tarothi priests, not the servants of uh, Melora, not the kind you'd find, not druids in their groves, nor the uh, mountaintop uh, people who hammer out thunderous storms in the name of the Stormfather. No, I'm talking about those priests of the empires. Uh, I'm talking about the priest of the empires uh, religion with its all its ecclesiarchy and its strong hierarchies worshipping their gods that they never quite are willing to name with their private little secret language that only the nobility and priests are allowed to know. And you have heard rumors and whispers about the Tarathi religion. Uh, most people think it's just nonsense, uh, like bureaucracy. Others think it's uh, an evil, fake religion. Some people occasionally think, eh, maybe it's true, but it's really not well known anything about it down here in the Shattered Isles. But, uh, the sparrow continues, I know an acolyte uh, who's among a contingent down here at Camp Vengeance. There's actually, there's a priest with several acolytes here in camp. One of those acolytes, he owes me a favor. I could use that favor to make sure he make uh, he helps get you a good introduction at Camp Vengeance. Could make sure you're warmly welcomed. Uh, this sounds... Like a very good deal. Um, yeah, why don't you come with us? Give you a chance to stretch your legs. He smiles and he says, it would be my pleasure to help you in this way. Um, Cyclop and uh, Cyclop and Devil's Grin both kind of crouch. It's clear they're waiting in an eager anticipation for the moment that you open the door so they can jump you. Do you kind of call for some crew members to back you up or are you... Uh, willing to risk them lunging at you. No, I'll call for some crew members. All right. I'll also, also pull my blade out at the same, just, right. you know, just in case. Yeah. With a couple of good tufts at your side, they don't uh, take the risk. You open the door and let uh, the sparrow out. He smiles and again, and as he walks by, you realize he smells better than you do. Impossible. <laughs> He's been uh, well cared for somehow in here. Uh, and you, as you kind of look around the cell, you realize there's like a wash basin in here that wasn't originally in here. You see there's like some linens and stuff. And he's he's not like living in luxury, but he's clearly not suffering. Probably been sweet talking the crew and managed to get some stuff from them. Um, so uh, he, with a, he looks at it with a knowing smile and he says, forgive it, please. A simple pleasure. And uh, he waits for you to lead the way up. Yeah, I would do the same in your shoes, and then I'll I'll look to Cyclop and the God. What was what is this, what the other guy? Devil's name? Grin. Devil's Grin. And let this be a lesson to you: if you choose to be helpful at all, perhaps you will no longer have your shackles anymore. But until then, feel free to sit around in your self hatred. All right. Uh, you see, you get back on deck. Uh, the rest of the officers, you see that he that uh, the captain has let. Uh, the sparrow out. Uh, the captain explains to you why the sparrow's out. Do any of you protest letting this person uh, come with you into Camp Vengeance? He's done his time. I don't trust it, but I'm busy memorizing maps right now to try to make sure I understand the islands. So I don't really care as much. But I kind of glare. Hey buddy, you look good. You get those linens I had sent down to you? <laughs> he smiles and he says I did, they were quite enjoyable 
Yeah, you look good. I'm glad you're coming with us. So, uh, with, uh, or so with the, the sparrow at hand, uh, is there anyone else's preparations you need to make before you go, or otherwise is it just, uh, your normal, like, daily spell prep and whatnot? Yeah, uh, I don't think, are we low on any, um, foodstuffs? I mean, nothing that's, uh, tracked. I, I, um, yeah, I load up on some, um, of the, uh, you know, essentials. You can also, as part of a normal rest or short rest, cook special food provided you having ingredients and cooks utensils on hand. You can prepare enough food of this food for a number of creatures equal to four plus your proficiency bonus. At the end of a short rest, any creature who eats the food and spends one or more hit dies regains uh, hit points, or to regain hit points, regains an extra 1d8. Oh, that's only during... Uh, Oh, actually, also, when you finish a long rest, you can cook a number of treats equal to your proficiency bonus, because you took the chef bee, right? Yeah. Yeah, so those special treats last eight hours, and they someone can use one as a bonus action to gain temp HP equal to your proficiency bonus. Look at that. You make special treats that give temp HP. Tonight we're having coconut crabs, too. From the big coconut crabs. Or did what they have a different your... name? I think that what was is... it, right? I think they had a different name, but I don't remember it. Okay. <laughs> uh, what is your proficiency bonus? Um, it's three well, is this I, level, right? Three, uh, three yes. So you it. can only, you can prepare enough for three people to get the temp HP bonus. All right. Um, three of us are the most... Uh, well, I guess I'm going to make some for myself. Uh, who else is melee here? <laughs> Oh, uh, me. I go down every combat. <laughs> the captain gets some, too. Um, Pick your favorite third. <laughs> um, I feel like I feel like Phil always goes down. I think he could use some temp HP. Hey, don't worry about me. Check this out. I pull two <laughs> eggs from my pocket. I got some eggs this morning. Did you buy those? Can you do that? Oh, from your chickens, yeah. Those couldn't have been from those very sick, very old chickens. Hey. Where did you get those eggs? You know what? More for me than don't worry about it. I start peeling a boiled egg. I wouldn't eat those eggs with my worst enemy's mouth. I'm going to do it. I'm eating it. Okay, yes, you get the temp HP. All right, uh, with uh, with uh, treats distributed and uh, prisoners released and uh, spells prepared and whatnot, um, time uh, rapidly catches up, and you find yourself moving quickly within sight of the Farvale Islands, these beautiful, ra- like lush, verdant, tropical isles uh, raising up in front of you. The Farvale Isles are all very small, um, and they're so the biggest consternation of them because they look like they would be a great place to sail between is that they are so tightly packed that while it's not quite rivers, it is seawater, uh, it doesn't cut quite deep enough to really take uh, ship. Uh, like ships can't easily travel between the islands. They can only easily access the outer ring or like the outer sides of the islands to travel between islands within the Farvale Islands. You can tell even as you're seeing these like basically seawater river mouths that it would take uh, or you definitely need to travel by like uh, Naughty Dreams or at the biggest ship that could fit is like a keel boat. Um, but as you 
make your way closer and closer. The tropical island towers up above you. The like trees looming over. You can hear the sounds of monkeys cawing and thousands of different birds. Some dolphins hopping in the water. And then you round the corner, or and as you, or sorry, as you get closer, before you round the corner, you see an old dilapidated tower set on a hill, like on an outcrop of rock. It's not quite a lighthouse, uh, but it doesn't look like it really serves as any sort of defensive structure at all anymore. Instead, it's likely just a watchtower at this point, and it's clear that its uh, foundation is shaky due to likely taking a cannonball through it. Um, but as you uh, round it, you consult the ch- maps and you realize this marks the outer point of the uh, bay in which Camp Vengeance is set in uh, Tembril Bay. And as you round the uh, corner, you almost instantly feel it. The sudden, not a jerking motion, but you watch as the sails go slack. They're full of wind one moment and then just completely slack and without any sort of uh, force to him. The ship still continues to glide and drift, but the there is no wind pulling whatsoever. In fact, because of the ship's speed going one direction, it's almost the wind's almost pushing backwards. You realize you've definitely skirted into the edges of the doldrums, the area that borders the southern edge of the uh, of Te- of Tembril Island. You call out for uh or sorry, as as this happens, you realize the ship has no real navigational bill or no propulsion currently. Now that the sails have gone out, what do you do? Uh, looks like we might have to use the oars. You call for you call for oars in the oarlocks, and uh, crew rushed uh, towards it, uh, sending the oars down into the water. It's hard work for the crew as they uh, row the way around, and. It, uh, oars hit the water and like the commotion sort of dies down and like the mild panic some of the crew are feeling and they're hard at work. Uh, Ned Shankshaft comments out to think what it would be like to cross the doldrums. Hundreds of miles of open water with no current, no land, or, and no wind. Just rowing your way across beneath the dead heat of the sun. Oh, terrifying to think about. Yeah, that sounds miserable. <laughs> but they say that at the at the very center of the doldrums is the very heart of Melora. Now that would be a sight to behold, wouldn't it? It would. And isn't that where I need to tune or uh, attune to my loot? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, you gathered it was to go to the heart of Melora at the center of the doldrums. Huh. Let's go. It sounds nice and slow and steady to get there. I, I don't believe now is the time, although, because it would take quite a while. How big a cross is it? Uh, the doldrums is about 500 miles across. Oh, boy. That's a long nautical journey. Yeah, without any current or wind. Strictly rowing. Yeah, I think the crew would for sure mutiny if we... Yeah, but what are they going to do? There's no food or water or land. Yeah, I don't think they would think that rationally about it. We sure as hell didn't. Um, as you... Uh, or So as you, the crew is working to row their way around the point with the uh, watchtower on it. And as it rounds the uh, point, you open up to the site of Tembril Bay. 
and there stands Camp Vengeance. Camp Vengeance uh, can be spotted uh, in basically an area that is a clear-cut space of foliage, um, where it should everywhere else is dense jungle that's intertwining and completely impassable. They have chopped and cut and cleared everything uh, surrounding this large, def- uh, veritable fortress uh, that is Camp Vengeance. Um, you see that it is made. It is a crude timber fortification, a walled compound with watchtowers and tents inside it, encircled by a ditch bristling with sharpened stakes. A large gatehouse faces uh, the uh, faces the bay, and on the shore of which are four uh, what are they called? Four uh, rowboats tied uh, to a wooden post, scattered around the uh, fort. You realize are the uh, or you can see that there is what looks like corpses scattered around the outsides of the fort. Um, however, your eye, while it at first catches on to Camp Vengeance and the sight of corpses scattered about it, it falls very quickly instead to the magnificent and terrifying Imperial Man of War sitting in the bay. It is a great and terrifying just terrifying uh, military warship. It's it's much larger than your uh, vessel, even though yours is a sailing ship uh, designed to support an extra cannon deck. This man of war makes your vessel look tiny. You see that it or it boasts. I believe it's actually a four-masted ship, um, and it's in regardless of how many masts every mast or sorry, it is three-masted. But every mast uh, has flanking sails that come out to the side of it. It is just a sea of sails atop it. And the masts tower high, high above even the highest mast on your, mast on your vessel. And you, re- you count it from this distance and realize there's not one, not two, but three cannon decks set on this. And to your awe, those cannon decks are filled with uh, cannons taken from the Ancien Archipel. Each one of those cannons uh, having such terrible power, it could blast a terrible hole in your vessel, and it easily is sporting uh, 60 cannons on a side. Um, you see this, uh, not quite, fl- or you see this, what might be a flagship of the uh, Imperial, or, or the Imperial Navy here in the. Uh, or in the Shattered Isles, and the words of the Sparrow ring in your mind of, the Empire does not care for pirates. What do you do? Well, it's a good thing we're not pirates, right? We are... Yeah. How do we, how do we appear like our I ship? I thought we were trying to be pirates. We're privateers. Become very different. We have like an old imperial ship too, right? So we're not raising any concerns. Yeah, and it's uh, you have le- it was legitimately purchased, so you don't have to worry about uh, like showing your permit and them getting mad about you having a bad permit or anything. Um, but um, you know, it, it is clearly of imperial design, so they might notice it for that. Um, but you aren't sailing any uh, any like pirate flag. Um, but do you sail under the, uh, now, cause you were just talking about flags. Do you sail under the flag of 
uh, Gellin Prime Waters Mercantile Company? Since uh, you are technically his privateers. Yeah, I think we do. I don't see why not. Or at least do you run it up as you approach Camp Vengeance so that uh, it's clear you are flying colors and aren't a pirate vessel? Yes. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Alright, uh, so you run up uh, Gellin Primewater's mercantile uh, banner, which you do know that uh, if he, if the GP company uh, is, uh, if like, you do any sort of scandal while flying his flag, he'll certainly hear about it. Um, and certainly be mad. Um uh, but uh, you run up those colors, and the Man of War does not open fire and sink you. But you do realize that it is, uh, like, the, the vessel seems to be crawling with soldiers uh, moving about. They seem to be in the middle of drills. Uh, or sorry, just sorry, the vessel isn't crawling with that many soldiers. The uh, camp seems to be crawling with soldiers. Um, and as you get closer, though, you see that it's not the only vessel in the bay. There are actually two sunken vessels uh, set at anchor with barely parts of their mast sticking out of the water. They look to be recently sunken vessels, and you can't help but wonder if this man of war is what brought them low. So flying uh, Gellin Primewater's flag, you move your uh, ship into, be- into the harbor and uh, begin to lay anchor. As you lay anchor, you see that a uh, uh, a boat is being rowed out from the Man of War towards you. Everyone stay calm. It's just, uh, they're just hailing us. Hey, 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 do you, should we meet him on the boat or meet him on the water? Do we want him looking around on here? Yeah, let's meet them on the water. Okay, I'm heading out. Is anyone coming with me? I'll come with you. All right, I'll we'll be back. back. Everyone who's coming, hop on. Actually, no, I'll stay on the boat to man the crew while you guys go do some diplomacy. I'm going to stay too. I think I would slow you down. All right. Feel like hurriedly. Celeste, now or never, if you're coming, starting to lower the thing down. Celeste, do you really need me? No, I don't. I just wanted you to feel included. Bye. (laughs) Bye. I'm going to go read maps. All right, the thing touches the water and we take off. All right, so is it just Phil or is it Phil and Robert? Phil and Robert. Now that the captain's gone, as chef, I am acting captain of the ship. Oh, boy. Is, is this the mutiny? Is this how we do it? <laughs> this is the mutiny! <laughs> Got him. I'm on, um, I'm on team that. By the way, Jules is in charge. <laughs> No, no, um, I, I'm, I'm the chef, though. He, he doesn't know. I, since, since he's gone, it doesn't matter, because I'm, the, is with I'm the, crew. the captain. Yeah, he's with the crew, so you didn't even hear that, so we're good. <laughs> I, I got you. But thank you, it's the last. Um, you, so as you get closer towards it, uh, the, or see, the two of you saw to row towards it, and everyone on deck, make a perception check as you're gauging out at this man of war. 14. 14. Your eyes manage to catch anyone with at least a 10. I guess so passively notices it. Your eyes manage to catch the, the name scrawled across it in beautiful gold on the otherwise dark, dark wood surface. And it reads the HMS Iron Tower. Make a religion check. I got a crit. 
Uh, you are, you kind of gasp at the, uh, almost blasphemy of that name, or at least the wickedness imbued in the name, the HMS Iron Tower. Uh, the Iron Tower is said to be the personal fortress of Dispater, Lord of the Second Hell. Uh, it is said to, or it is a place in hell. So to name your, uh, ship after the, uh, basically a Prince of Hell's Tower is... A fiendish devotion, at the least. And as uh, you, as this uh, realization of the namesake of the HMS Iron Tower, this Imperial flagship, uh, the Naughty Dreams rose towards the uh, small rowboat that's rowing out towards them. Uh, you meet on the water, perhaps ten yards away, and the uh, the Imperial soldiers on board are garbed in uh, leathers and uh, imperial fighting clothes um they have they are armed and armored and several of them have crossbows you see that there's about four people aboard their vessel three of them with crossbows one of them standing on the uh, front of it uh george washington style who hails you and says welcome to camp vengeance what business have you in the in the mat and what business have you in his majesty's hold uh, salutations. We are the crew of Melores Borealis, and we are simply uh, information seekers uh, looking to delve the mysteries of this land. Uh, deception on that. Ah, no, I guess that one's still true. Uh, so, no check required. Uh, the man shouts out, I am, uh, I am Lieutenant Old Firebrand of his, of his Majesty's Royal Navy. Or I guess Imperial Navy. Uh, <clears throat> state your names and your ship's name. Uh, I am Rubert Graysand, captain of Melora's Borealis. Phil, introduce yourself. I just stay quiet for a second. Oh, uh, Nathaniel Ocean. I'm just a deckhand. Don't worry about me. Yeah, you see him turn back towards his uh, crew and says... And doesn't say anything back, and then says, "You have his, uh, you have his Majesty's permission to land upon Camp Vengeance. Seek out Niles Breakbone, Commandant of Camp Vengeance. Niles do not, do nothing else before you reach there." Uh, and their boat turns and rows back to their man of war. Clearly, your name wasn't on any recognizable list, uh, like some Imperial no-fly list, and uh, that's the level of scrutiny they're willing to give. But you're aware that if you do get up to some shit, there is a uh, man-o'-war with a bunch of cannons, and there's two sunk vessels in the harbor. Um, hmm. Kind of disappointed my father's name wasn't somewhere on their list, that that didn't ping anything. But hey, whatever. It's fine. He was kind of pre-Empire anyway, it's whatever. Yeah, I'm sure he'd be on a most wanted list somewhere. Come on, let's go grab the rest of the crew. Uh, if they didn't even write his name. It takes a bit of time to get back to the Melora's Borealis. Um, it's clear there's no way to dock. There's no docks here at Camp Vengeance. Uh, and it's clear you're going to need to take the uh, Naughty Dreams into shore. Um, so you can take pretty much just the crew is all that fits on the Naughty Dreams. Uh, like or the officers, um, so you can do your standard drill of leaving the uh, first or one of your uh, second mates in charge, 
and then uh, rowing into shore if you'd like. We're also bringing the sparrow with us too. And the sparrow, yeah. Um, so uh, you get everyone on board and you start rowing towards Camp Vengeance. Um, the water here is frighteningly still since it is technically on the edge of the doldrums and uh, you find it's, it feels almost serene and lake-like and it is strange how it affects the water beneath. Um, I think there'd be no coral. I think that's the impact. Um, without the uh, tide coming in and out, nothing to spread and help things germinate and without any currents flowing, uh, the water is just basically beach beneath but beach strewn with countless bits of litter and it's so it's incredibly transparent water although there is nothing that's pulling trash out of the water when it falls in so like leaves of uh, palm trees sit and sink creating a almost carpet on the uh, sea floor then uh, waste and timbers uh, float throughout as you row uh, towards the shore, you pass by one of those sunken vessels, trying to steer clear of it so you don't snag and break on it. But you look down and you can see most of its mast stretching down into the water where it's sunk at the bottom. Uh, but it, you can't see where really where it gets all the way down because it disappears into this sort of carpet of like old rotting uh, plant matter and trash that's building up the bottom of Camp Vengeance. In fact, as you get closer, despite it being salt water, it becomes very clear that the air or the water here is stagnant and the air itself is thick with mosquitoes and it is sweltering. Before you even make landfall on Camp Vengeance, you find yourself uh, slapping away mosquito after mosquito as you step into this uh, basically the disgusting nature that is Camp Vengeance. The Malora's, or sorry, the Naughty Dreams lands on the shore uh, by where the rowboats are seated. Uh, yeah, by where the rowboats are set. And you see, uh, again, as I mentioned, that there are corpses strewn about. And you you see that there are basically, or in, to your horror, you see it's human corpses. Uh, well, mostly human. Some look like they might be elves. It's all humanoids. There's probably goblins in amongst them. But they're basically the defensive pit the moat dug around this walled fortification is piled high with charred corpses in a few places corpses are gouged onto spikes that uh, rim this pit and you see a few tarathi uh, to a few imperial soldiers actively pulling one burned corpse off of a or sorry pulling one corpse off of a spike and tossing it down into the pit the ghoulish sight is a uh, uncomfortable to behold a pair of guards over the front gate uh hail you asking your name similar questions as before and i'll pull up on roll 20 the uh visual so you can get an idea of it um as you find yourselves coming from here uh are there even like fish in the water uh you didn't see any this is eerie it is eerie um let me put your people there so you see where you are. Um, so as you approach, you yeah, so you see that it's not like filled to the brim with corpses, mind you. It's more just like 
there's probably 30, 40 corpses in there, all mostly charred and burned as you approach the front gate. Uh, you see that the walls stand maybe 10 feet high, and there's tall tents towering behind them and smoke coming out of campfires. There are watchtowers on it that have people on them looking down with heavy crossbows. And from atop the uh, gatehouse, one of the guards calls down to you and uh, shouts, It is Emperor's na- name! <coughs> Excuse me! <coughs> What business of you? And you can tell from his uh, coughing fit, uh, this man is unwell. What business have you in His Majesty's hold? Uh, simply seeking information about the area. Uh, perhaps purchasing some goods, if there's any to buy. But mostly you, information. You'll have to talk with Niles Breakbone, Commandant of the Fort. Lamin. Don't do anything till you've talked to Niles Breakbone, he shouts down and then descends into another coughing fit. You see the soldier next to him kind of looking at him being like, Are you sure you don't need to lie down? Um, and the two of you, or sorry, the two of you, the five of you step through the gates and into Camp Vengeance. I step into Camp Vengeance, it is tight packed and uh, it is gross in here. Uh, the water that was this, like the seawater being stagnant is one thing, but where groundwaters or like rainwater has pooled up in here as through the frequent tropical rains and created dense little mosquito pits, you see that they're uh, burning smoky uh, palm leaves, not for warmth at all, but to try and fill the camp with a thick gray smoke in a hope to suppress the mosquitoes. It does work and it does successfully suppress the mosquitoes to a degree. Uh, but instead, everyone is dealing with a dense haze of uh, uh, smoke, campfire smoke filling inside the walls. Uh, the sounds of a few people coughing can be heard throughout, and you can you suspect it might be mostly from smoke damage, but there is some retching noises that you suspect might be more malarial rot. And as you step in, uh, the guard points you to the largest tent uh, and says, that's the command tent, uh, indicating that you ought to go speak with Niles Breakbone. Following the guard's directions, or do you try to sneak off? I'll, I'll, uh, I'll follow the directions like a good little boy. All right, you all follow the directions of uh, the guard and enter into the largest tent within the uh, camp. As you enter into it, you see that there is a, like, there's a table set up in here. It's kind of got an approximation of a captain's quarters. Um, there's a few people in here. In fact, there's there's two people in here right now. A uh, human woman and a uh, human man, uh, both dressed in officer's clothing, indicating that they are officers in the Imperial Army, or in the Imperial Navy. And they're actively, like, coordinating some, what it looks like, looking at different maps of the Far Vale Islands, and they're pushing little, like, wooden ships across it uh, in a approximation of, like, trying to figure out war plans. Um, and as you enter, the captain looks up from, or the commandant looks up from the table and says, What have we here? Um, hello, I am Rubert Graysand. These are my officers. Uh, we are the crew of they're officers of Melora's Borealis, uh, flying under the flag of Galen Primewater, here seeking oh. information. He nods and he says, ah, mercantile venture, huh? 
Well, I'm yeah. afraid trade routes are running quite poorly right now. Uh, and he kind of gestures to the map at his table. Those damn ancient bastards. Sorry, I, uh... Is that what you're here looking for, is trade tips? I mean, wouldn't be uh, opposed to hearing some trade tips. Any tips and tricks, pro strats, speed runs? He says, yeah, I've got one for you. Steer clear of the vents at all costs. Pirates are scouring through them. Don't know what hell purpose they have weaving through those sulfur waters. This passage is dead. And he he, kind of knocks a few uh, ships off the map in frustration and says, no way any fleets are getting through there. And you can tell he has deep bags under his eyes. He clearly hasn't slept in a few days. And then he adds, well, if that's what you came for, I'm sorry that's all I can give you. You'd best be on your way then, before nightfall. Hey, what about uh, those, like, druidic mangroves around these parts? You got any intel on that that place? Uh, He looks up from the table and then says, you're talking about Azure Stand? Off limits. No, uh, no... No Imperial man allowed to set foot on Azure's tent. Too much of a waste of life to just go and die in there. And you, and I don't know what Prime Water's rules are, but I'm sure he wouldn't be happy having his cargo lost in those waters. Plain useless. Waste of life? What do you mean? No one lives that goes there. You sure that's not just like a pirate's tale or a privateer's tale privateer's tale i'm sorry <laughs> uh he kind of waves his hand gesturing you away at that and says i don't have time for caring about uh sailors tales i know my commanders tell me i'm not that no soldiers allowed to step foot on uh azure uh, on the azure stand that you die if you do and that's all i need to know well that's good to know um are there any priests or uh of the sort nearby uh, he looks at you and says, We have a religious corps here, sent from the Ecclesiarchy, uh, led by Sister Seus. Do you need healing? Because oh, if just... not, her and her acolytes are too busy dealing with healing. Uh, perhaps we can help in the healing. I saw some very sick men on our way in, and it's just, it's been way too long since I got a good prey in, you know? The Sparrow adds to and says, Yes, uh, we're, you see, I'm of the faith, or we are of the faith of the Ecclesiarchy, and uh, we'd so like an opportunity to uh, make our devotions. Mm. Uh, the, the Commandant nods in approval and says, Well, if that's all you're looking for, then I'll uh, You could head into the tents behind us. You'll fi- look for Sister Seus. Uh, she's probably tending to a few of the sick men. Damn this cursed place. Uh, and then he goes back to the uh, his maps, and you hear him muttering about, If only Nash's expedition up to uh, Camp Righteous works. The waters flowed better there. And he's like kind of responding to it. And his uh, sergeant across the table starts saying, We haven't heard from Nash in three days. I don't think they're coming back. Um, do you linger to try and impose on that conversation, or do you exit? I would like to linger. All right. I want to linger outside. Yeah, try and get a good look at their map, Celeste. I've been memorizing so many maps today. <laughs> they all blend together. No. Oh, no. Um, so, uh, Rubert and the Sparrow, uh, you 
or Robert and the Sparrow, who goes off to talk with the uh, the Acolyte, knowing that basically you're trying to... That the Sparrow's contact is able to get you a more warm welcome than you're clearly getting. You're not being refused, but you're not being really helped. Um, does anyone else go to talk to Sister Seas and try and find this Acolyte, or only uh, Rubert and the Sparrow? Okay. Jules, we could use some of your expertise as well. Okay. I want to stand outside the tent and look like Celeste's muscle. Kind of like peek around and <laughs> see what's going on. I love it. Zelnern, what do you do? Are you going with to talk to the I'm Acolyte? Or? The yeah. Alright. Um, so as they head back into the uh, back of camp to try and uh, find Sister Seas, uh, Phil and Celeste, any perception check? Uh, see if you can overhear their conversation. One of you with advantage. Um, well, Celeste with, with advantage. Okay. I got 26. So you overhear everything they're saying. Uh, and really, you quickly realize that it sounds like, or as they're talking through it, it sounds like there is a place that they had they called Camp Righteous that's farther north in the Farvale Islands. Not on Tembril Island, or if it is, it's still an area only accessible by river, um, or like those narrow sea channels. And uh, they apparently had that space, and it was a much better space, but something happened that made them abandon it a bit back. But it sounds like uh, some explorer by the name of Darwin Nash... Uh, a name you recognize as one of the more famous explorers that you were hoping to find here, apparently led a uh, group back to Camp Righteous to see if it could be reestablished. Uh, you, you surmised from their conversation that Camp Righteous was located farther north in the Farvale Isles, not quite in the uh, doldrums, and is a space that therefore wouldn't have as much stagnation and rot going on. And clearly, while this place is defensible... Uh, it is not safe. Um, he then, or or well, it's defensible, and all of the corpses piled in the pits seem to suggest that's the case. Uh, it is poor, f and it is bad for their health. Um, then you do catch an allusion as uh, the captain or the commandant references, or like he is referencing. God. Well, and besides, if we build up, it looks like even having the defenses don't matter. They're still gonna keep coming, wave after wave of them bastards every single night. So we might as well build the defenses up there where it's safe. And the sergeant responds to him saying, I don't know. I got bad feelings about that ruin site. I mean, what if that's what started this whole damned thing? To which the commandant says, Nonsense! We've delved as deep into that thing as it goes. There was no tricks or traps that we didn't find or spring. I don't think that... There, how could that? How could one ruin, just because the Ancient Ones, bring about all these dead? And then the sergeant and him kind of argue over details of uh, different traps they had encountered in some Ancient One ruin. Uh, meanwhile, uh... Rubert and the Sparrow and Jules and Zelnern, you head into the back tents where you hear that about at least half of the soldiers' tents have been turned into, uh, like, sick beds. This place, you can also tell, while the map doesn't do it justice, is clearly housing maybe 30 people with another, like, 50 aboard the Man of War. Um, but as you ask around quickly, a few guards point you in the direction of it, 
or a direction of Sister Sia. Um, or sorry, do you ask for Sister Sia, or do you ask uh, for the acolyte that uh, the Sparrow knows? Uh, I mean, it's worth talking to Sister Sia, I think. All right, uh, so you ask for Sister Sia. Uh, the Sparrow, uh, no, he does advise you seek the acolyte first. Since All it's right. the con, listen, in his, so mind you, that's his preference, and he is not your ally, he's your prisoner. No, that's fair, though. Right. Let's talk to the Acolyte, then we can always talk to the sister after that. All right. Um, you ask around instead for uh, the Sparrow references an Acolyte by the name of, of Oaks. And it doesn't take long until you're pointed to where Oaks is at. He's currently tending to a uh, patient in a sickbed. Um, and as uh, the guard says, I wouldn't go in there if I were you. It's a damn terrible mess in there. Um, and the Sparrow says, uh, how about just I go in? Mm, no, I would also go in. All right. Uh, the Sparrow and Jewel, or sorry, Sparrow and Rubert step into the tent. And you are both accosted with the horrific scent of diarrhea and vomit. Um, and you need to make a mm. constitution saving throw. Which the sparrow fails immediately and hurls. Actually, got nineteen. You succeed. The sparrow hurls. He is poisoned for the rest of this, uh, or is <laughs> the next like little while, and uh, has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks as a result. Uh, so he wretches. The priest inside turns and, or like the young man, an acolyte who you can tell he's used to wearing like an acolyte's robes, but is now just resorted to sweat-stained explorer's clothing. He turns from where he's at, tending to a very pale and sickly soldier laying in the bed, and says, oh, this room's already taken. I can't have another patient. It'll oh. be fine. His eyes look up in surprise at the sight of the sparrow, and then they kind of get a little worried, and he says, oh, I've still got time. I've still got time on my debt. I... Uh, Towards the sparrow, holds up his hand, and says, patience, patience. I don't work for them anymore. So, as far as they're concerned, your debt's cleared. In fact, you have Master Graysand here to uh, thank for the debt being cleared. He killed the old debtors. It's true. And I like the sound of that Master Graysand. Yeah. Uh, the acolyte uh, kind of sighs a little and says, Oh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm busy with this man. What, what do you need? What will it take to make you go away? Hmm. That depends. What do you have to give? Uh, uh, I, I honestly, I, I don't have much. When we, when we left the last camp, I, I left everything behind. Information will do if you have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever information you want. Uh, what can you tell us about what is going on here? This disease, the odd, tepid water, the mangrove anything you have to tell us would be of uh, much interest to us the disease is nothing of uh, out of the ordinary it's i mean we get it commonly in bayous and swamps it's it's malaria and it's uh spring fever this place is under equipped and undersupplied and frankly it was built in the wrong place i we shouldn't have. Yes, you can get the man of war in here. Yes, that's d- gonna help if, when the when the things keep coming. But it's no place for people. 
when Camp Righteous failed, we should have just all gone aboard the ve- uh, we should have just all taken ships out of here, not tried to hold it. But but Commandant Breakbone's too stubborn. He insists we have to hold this point in his mag- for his majesty, like the Emperor even knows or cares that we're holding the Farvale Isles. Oh, God. I'm sorry, I shouldn't speak ill of him, but it's just... Oh, I haven't slept in a few, a few nights, you know. I mean, you saw the corpses out there, right? Yes, were those your own men? A few of them. Some of them people who died here in the camp. Some of them people who died in the last camp, but most of them, they're here in the waters on the island. They just keep coming. At first, we only saw a few of them here and there in the woods, dead men walking. But, and this was back at Camp Righteous, and we figured we had a strong enough guard, 30, 50, uh, 30 of us armed and armored. Figured we could hold them off if they came. <laughs> We didn't build walls. No, Commandant uh, Breakbone didn't think he needed walls. Why Why is there a seaman leading a land expedition? He didn't think we needed walls. And then on like the 10th night, hundreds of them came. I'm talking hundreds of corpses stumbling up out of the water, stumbling down through the jungle. We were overwhelmed. Some of us got driven back into the Ancient One ruin. Others of us fled. Those of us who fled, fled into a dark night full of all the jaguars and crocodiles and nightmare beasts that these islands hold. Those of us who made it south, well, this is where Niles' uh, breakbone chose to make his, uh, his stand. We set up the signal fires and we dug the trenches. And we were getting resupplied and refortified for a time, but I don't know, there was... Some supply shortages going on out towards Providence. Apparently some pirate bastards were raiding uh, Imperial supply ships. So we haven't gotten resupplied in weeks. Months even. No weeks, it would be weeks. Haven't gotten resupplied in weeks. No reinforcements. These wounded men, I mean, we don't have anywhere to send them. I keep telling uh, Commandant Breakbone... Well, I keep telling Sister Sia that we need, and she tells me she'll tell Commandant Breakbone, but who knows if she even is. And you can tell the man's quickly taking this as an opportunity to vent and to cry. Um, and he's very clearly close to breaking down. Um, and uh, he kind of interrupts himself at this point, starts blathering, and it doesn't even matter what I do to care for these people. The dead are going to come any night now. It's just like before. Hundreds of them. And our stockades aren't gonna matter. They're gonna get in. And then we're just gonna be trapped in a bed. And he, uh, breaks down and cries. Oh, the, oh they're, they're there. They're there. You seem a competent enough healer. How would you feel about getting uh, out of here, off of this cursed island? Who can I tea? <laughs> uh, his eyes snap up and he says, Whoa. Are you, like, like a reassignment to another Imperial vessel? Actually, yes. I do have an Imperial vessel. <laughs> that is not 100% false. <laughs> Are you Shanghaiing this guy? Yep. <laughs> I need a deception. I'm good at those. Uh, 19 plus 7, 26. Uh, so he crit on his insight, 
but the sparrow's gonna call his favor due here and say, No, it's true what they're saying. And besides, your debt to the, your debt was only cleared to the sea ghost. I think that you are I think you'll find this vessel fits all of your imperial needs. Um and uh as he calls in that favor to help you, uh the acolyte, um uh, Oaks the Acolyte looks up and says So It's not quite an imperial vessel, but it is enough. Uh, it's a place where you can do some good. Continue your healing work. And you'll you'll keep me safe? Of course. You would be an honored member of the crew, and I keep all of my crew safe. On well fab. And you'll get me out of here before... Before they really come. Now, they've been coming a few a night, but... They're coming for real. You'll get me out before then? Yeah, we don't plan on being here when they come, so yeah... Thank God, thank God. Okay, I have a few, I have a few things I need to round up. Things I've buried, little, little secrets, uh, treasures that I took from the, uh, from the old relic or from the old ruin. Other little things, you know. I, I've got them out in the woods. I'll have to grab those. Just give me till tonight. Can you wait till tonight so I can gather my things? Yes, of course. And any information about this ancient ruin would be more than welcome. Oh, it was a scary thing. A giant uh, statue of a lizard-looking man. And inside it, we found a secret door between its feet. Uh, Inside, it led into some sort of deep little uh, chasm. I never really went deep inside. uh, It felt like blasphemy to go into that thing. It was some icon or idol of the ancient ones. He shudders and he says, Oh, oh God. Maybe, uh, may order protect me, that. Oh. The place is terrifying. Did anyone go into that chamber? A few people did. Uh, you know, so we were told not to go in, but a few soldiers poked and prodded. Of my reason to believe that the commandant and his sergeants went in. <laughs> I think they were just trying to keep whatever they found in there for themselves, but no, no one, no one went in. But that Darwin Nash. Have you heard of him? The famous explorer. He was here at Camp Vengeance for a few days, but he took a he took a rowboat upstream uh, three days ago to Camp Righteous. Said he wanted to see this uh, see this ruin for himself, this uh, alligator man statue. Ah, uh, so he he went off to see that, and I guess he's working with the commandant. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, Perhaps we should speak with this Darwin Nash. Well. He's not come back for three days, and Camp Vengeance is only a little while away upstream, maybe a couple hours upriver, or up sea channel. Or lack of channel. Because, you know, this, you know, stagnant. Anyway. um, Sea river, but it doesn't flow. It's a path. (laughs) Sea path. Either way, Uh, yes. Take your time, gather your things, but... um, Yes, we welcome you aboard the Malora's Borealis. Well, look at that. You've uh you've won over a uh a crewman to be a healer. Mhm. A doctor, maybe. Welcome aboard. Um he thanks you for uh he thanks you for this and uh, for helping him and for getting him out of here before uh 
what sounds like a uh, massive invasion of undead comes. And uh, he agrees if you, so he's asking you to meet him back here at nightfall so that you can help sneak him out so that, cause he's not allowed to leave. He does clarify that, that that's going to count as uh, treason and abandoning his post. Oops. Um, and uh, so this cowardly uh, acolyte of uh, the ecclesiarchy uh, is uh, you leave him behind in there and this uh, and the sparrow says well that worked well enough but that man is in no way in just absolutely no condition to make a good introduction for us to uh, anyone well that's fine well perhaps we can just speak with the priestess herself and then I would very much like to speak with this Darwin Nash, see if he's found anything about uh, these ruins that perhaps led to this entire place being cursed. Cinco de Mayo to all of my chaotic normies, because it's me, Ryan, who plays your favorite bard, Robert Gracehand, on Chaotic Normal, The Shattered Isles. Hope y'all are doing well out there. Don't forget to rate and review on iTunes, and send any of your comments, concerns, questions, and your tips and tricks for gardening. Get, get those into me. Even though I don't have a yard, they never not come in handy. So, as everyone could probably tell, we are going bi-weekly for a while. I'm not sure if it's going to be a permanent change, but so right now people are on vacations. I'm about to be moving soon. There's just a lot of moving pieces going around, and we haven't really had time to record on our regular schedule. So, for the time being, we're going to be bi-weekly which uh, it's kind of nice for my schedule, but I kind of like to have a weekly, a weekly dose of that chaotic normal. But uh, yeah, until further notice, going bi-weekly. So hopefully y'all are okay with that. But uh, yeah, that means I'll talk to y'all again in two weeks. And so until then, you know, you know how it is with the big ol' bye. 